Hello, you are listening to Forefront. This is Adam and Christina Hannon. We've been married for 16 years. We have four kids, and two things that we love is reading books and talking to friends, which makes this a very interesting episode because we get to do both, kind of. Yeah, this is our 10th episode, which means we are going to be talking with one of our friends. And so our hope is that every... You know, if you think in multiples of 10, every 10th episode, we'll be able to bring you a special interview that we would love to share with you. Somebody that we look up to or is very inspiring to us. We're going to try and glean some wisdom out of them. And so we hope that you'll join us and look forward to these special 10th episodes that we get to share with you. This week, we are going to be talking with Brant Hansen. Yeah, he has the Brant Hansen Show, if you're familiar with his radio program. We We've talked about Brant on the show before. Brant, you've written three books now. Yeah. And your newest one is actually being released today. And so we're going to talk about that later on in the show. Brant, you do a radio show that's nationally syndicated. Uh, You've got a book. The first two were excellent. Yes, so good. Looking forward to reading the third. Thanks. This one's called The Truth About Us. Yeah. And we're going to be talking about that later on. But one thing that Christine and I have been talking about is our three things for marriage. And that includes like important things we've learned or pieces of advice we want to share with people about what we've learned about marriage. And the funny thing is that as as we invited you onto the podcast is that on your radio show, you actually have a regular feature called Brant's Three Things. That's right. That's exactly right. That's awesome. So what do you say we do Brant's Three Things on marriage today? Yeah, I mean, I'm no expert, but it's been 30 years, so that's awesome. We got things I've had to learn, that's for sure. All right, so uh, what are those uh, top three things that you think you'd like to pass on today? Um, number one, if I was going to give husbands a, or guys some advice, I would say what I've learned is uh, security means everything for a wife. In fact, we see this now because of the the current cultural crisis that we're in or international crisis with with the coronavirus. But there's certain things I've noticed even single women have said they're starting to look for in a man. It's like, can he hunt? Can he fish? Can he? And they normally didn't care. Right. Acting, singing, dancing, those are all big deal, you know, normally. But now, like, we don't need you to act. We don't need your dancing. We need somebody that can provide for the family. Yeah. I mean, it's weird, though, but but that's I think that points to the larger truth, which is that when it comes to actual real life, there's certain things that make a woman feel secure and helps her to flourish. And it's different stuff than maybe what we consider to be masculine. Mm-hmm. Um, some people might think masculinity is found in just being ripped, like having a great, <laughs> you know, muscular body or something. And that is nice for a woman for a little bit, unless she realizes that she's not secure, that actually that makes you less secure because you're not mature with it Mm. or that's all you care about, and then she'll resent it. Right. Good point. Um, But there are certain things that if you can make her feel secure however you can and not promote insecurity, it'll it'll really help your marriage pay off and it'll help her life go better. So that would be number one thing. Yeah. Um, A number two thing that I would throw in there is a friend of mine told me before I was married, I was in college, and he had just gotten married. He was a former roommate, 
and we were all asking, hey, how's married life going and stuff? And his response, I will never forget it. He turned toward me, and he's like, Grant, you will never know how selfish you are until you get married. <laughs> and yeah. And I remembered that. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And after I got married, I'm like, he was so right. That is exactly true. Mm. There's something about that where you you encounter yourself in a way that's really, really challenging. Yeah. Because you think you realize how often you are just thinking about yourself. And I learned it all over again when we had kids. Mm-hmm. But the idea that having to merge your identity with somebody else's is a lot bigger than it sounds like. Like there is no there is no just me anymore. Right. And that was a huge adjustment. But I remember him saying that, not quite understanding it and then totally understanding it later. So that'd be a second thing that I remember. And a third thing was that of all the mistakes I've made with family and marriage and stuff, the one one thing I would say that I actually really nailed, I did right, was when the kids were little, I made decisions that left me with as much time as possible to be with them. Mm-hmm. And that meant making almost no money. <laughs> and my wife stayed home. She homeschooled the kids, but we did not have nice cars. We did not have, you know, super nice places to live. They were good enough. They are fine, but... Other of our friends would be shocked at how little money we had, but mm-hmm. they're also, I knew a lot of guys that were very accomplished and jealous of me because I had such a relaxed lifestyle and enjoyed my family and my kids so much. Sure. And looking back on it now that my kids are older and out of the house, that was exactly the right move. Exactly. I don't regret that for one second. I'm not sitting here thinking I should have made more money and had retirement or we should have better vacations or whatever. Like that was something I do not regret one bit. As much as I regret other things in life, I don't regret that. So I would advise people to set up their lives in a way that maximizes security, lack of anxiety, time together, long summer days, (laughs) lack of stress, however you can, even if it means you're not making much money, like better to choose that than to do something that you regret later on because you weren't actually able to get to know your kids as well as you should have. Mm. And I look back down, I think all those afternoons that I spent playing with the kids for years, all the time I have them can't get, couldn't get that back. Mm-hmm. Like if I had blown that, I couldn't get it back. So I'm so glad that I did it. Hope yeah. that makes sense. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally makes sense. So your kids are both grown now. In fact, uh, your daughter just got married. Yes. Wow. Yeah, we're amped about that. We like we like the guy she married, and <laughs> that was hard. I was worried about being too emotional, walking her down the aisle, because it, honestly, because I'd rehearsed it in my head so many times. Well, she was a, even a tiny kid, a toddler, and I'm thinking, oh man, someday this is gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. And I I've been emotional about it forever. I could never think about it long without being kind of overwhelmed with emotion. The good news is I didn't fall apart at the wedding. Um, I, I cried more at the rehearsal when we were just practicing walking. Yeah. But I, I held it together for the wedding. I didn't want to make a big spectacle. <laughs> and uh, we get to see them a lot. They don't live that far away. So we're we're super happy about oh, that. Good. Great guy. Mm-hmm. It's great. When, when your kids were young what kind of things did you do with them you were talking about making the time for them and getting to know them like what kind of activities did you like to do with them 
Well, like any father of the year, I played a lot of video games. <laughs> and, um, it's actually encouraged now, by the way. Right, yeah. We <laughs> <laughs> had so much fun with that. But also, because of the rhythm of homeschooling, and then I took a job that I was done by noon or one every day. I did a morning show thing. And I, we went to the beach. I mean, we moved to South Florida, and we went to the beach, or we went to the pool every day. Mm-hmm. and played games and goofed off and made up games and played catch and had long walks home in the sun, made up songs, all of that. We'd get home, you know, maybe I'd cook out, we're outside throwing a football around, play video games for a little while or something, something simple. My wife would make a dinner, you know, after we'd cook out, we'd, we'd sit and eat inside. And I'm telling you, it was a beautiful, unhurried life, mm-hmm. and it was so smart. We had a very small townhouse, and all the townhouses backed up to a pond. There's a, a sidewalk that circled the pond between the townhouses and the pond, and people would walk that lap. And you could see in everybody's homes because they, they'd have glass sliding doors that go out to the sidewalk to the pond. And oh, sure. We didn't have any room for a yard or anything, but we're all packed in there. <laughs> And I remember getting comments from people. I remember one guy who said, you guys are like something out of a museum. I look inside <laughs> and I see your family sitting and having dinner. And then I see you outside doing a slip and slide. And we got a lot of comments from people saying, you guys are just different. Yeah. And that was just not even from conversation. It was just observation about what is it like if you don't have a hurried lifestyle. Hmm. And in this culture, people are really struck by it. So that's what we did. A lot yeah. of time goofing off, a lot of time laughing. Oh, that's great wisdom. I, I struggled with it um, because I thought maybe I'm supposed to be working harder, making more money, and uh, God provided. And uh, dude, it was so smart. I know my kids, even they're, they're adults, they're 26 and 23, but I know them and they know me. Mm-hmm. And I'm so thankful for that. So what you're saying, Brant, is that we all need to move to the beach. <laughs> It may be true. But, <laughs> I think it is. You know, it's so funny because there's, it's, it's all about schedule. And, I, and people's, I, I've learned this too. My life doesn't change unless I change my schedule. I can talk all I want, but a schedule is everything. Hmm. Life is how you spend your days. Hmm. Yep. And we're always about the future or maybe this or maybe that. But yeah, what about, this is the only time you get with these, with these little humans. This is it. Hmm. And it's just a season. It's not the rest of your life. So I didn't have to be a lawyer right now. I didn't have to be a whatever to impress whoever right now. Like I could just concentrate on these little people in my charge. And now in life, if I wanted to be a lawyer, I guess I could go do that. <laughs> and, you know, I've got time. And um, it's the different seasons for, for all of us. Sure. All right. Well, today's a big day for you, Brant. Your, your book, The Truth About Us, is uh, officially released. So exciting. Can't wait to read it. But uh, I wonder if you could give us a little sneak peek, something that might be on the forefront of your mind from your book. Sure. Well, it's, it, again, it's called The Truth About Us because it's about all of us. But all of us are really, really good at fooling ourselves oh. and deluding ourselves into thinking we're, we're awesome. Right. Morally, like every decision we make is totally justified and rationalized. And Jesus seems to be trying to break through that and convince us to confront our egos and our self-righteousness. And the, the reason he's doing it is because he loves us mm-hmm. and we'll make better decisions if we encounter that. And there's all these cognitive biases is what they're called. The cognitive psychologists 
are aware of and how we fool ourselves. And so I kind of chronicle those and go through different experiments about us humans and how we behave. <laughs> and basically, these cognitive psychologists that are very modern are coming to the same conclusion that Jesus did, hmm. that we are self-righteous machines. Hmm. And if we could just get rid of our – if we used to be humble – we can make better decisions, and we live more fun lives. And I'm all about that. I want to do that. So that's the book. I try to lay out in, in an entertaining way how we humans do this, and how we fool ourselves, and how we're way longer than we think a lot of the times, um, why that should make us humble, and then why that's such a huge advantage in life. So that's that's the truth about us. And it's hard because some people don't want to read that and go, well, this is just a big guilt trip. It's not. The, the point of the book is kind of that uh, we're all on a guilt trip. Whether you believe in God or not, it, what people are trying to do is take these mental shortcuts to get around this guilt mm. that we feel. Yeah, that's true. And instead, I'm, I'm proposing an idea that we just admit who we are, that we're not good people. There is no one good but God. And embrace humility, and uh, we'll find life that way. Like, mm. so... That's the idea, and um, I think this is the way off the guilt trip. So I'm trying to trying to help people see that, and I don't know how it'll sell. I have no idea because it's it's a rough message. A lot of people don't want to hear it, but I think if they do read it, they'll be like, "That was fun and actually funny," and that's all of this, and we can see what motivates humans maybe better. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a sense of freedom when you admit that, right? Totally, right. It's just just the willingness to go, "Hey, I may be fooling myself." Because we have all these ego defenses that we employ to try to justify what we've done, and we will stick to our guns. We'll say something we're not even that convinced about or upset, and as soon as we say it, we start to believe ourselves so intensely, and we'll defend ourselves to the death. And this happens every day, how we make decisions, and we can just do a lot better if we – if we let that go and humble ourselves so we don't have to do that, we don't have to be so defensive and we can say, I'm sorry. We don't have to issue fake apologies or whatever. Like just, no, man, I'm not, a, I'm not a good person. God loves me anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's where my value comes from anyway. So, Oh yeah. So good. How about I, how about I live a humble life and depend on him? Oh, that's mm-hmm. so great. I can't wait to read this book, Brant. Thanks. Thank you so much for sharing some uh, some wisdom, uh, giving us a sneak peek at the book. Oh, so, so good. Really, really appreciate you, man. Yeah, same here. Thanks for doing all you do and for being an encourager. I hope we can hang sometime. I know. Some of it somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> offline. At the beach. At the beach. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. Thanks. God bless you. Hey, thanks. You too, Brant. We'll see you. You have been listening to Forefront. This is Adam and Christina Hannon, and we were joined by our friend Brant Hansen. Thanks for hanging out this week. This has been Forefront Podcast.